Why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Uh, we are in 5354-ish. We're going to go ahead and pray over the word this morning. Jesus, we just love you. We thank you. We thank you for being in our lives. We thank you for uh, making the way that we can have fellowship with you. Thank you for loving us and pursuing us. Even when we didn't even know you, like that testimony of that young man, Emmanuel, from Puerto Rico. Lord, just how he didn't even know you, Father, but you brought someone across his path because you pursued him, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for pursuing us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving on us when we were unlovable, Father, for calling us to be obedient to you. Thank you, Jesus, for it. And Father, thank you that you have adopted us into your family. Like the word says that you place the lonely in families. Father, thank you for putting us in your family, Lord, and uh, having people love us, Father, and teaching us how to love others, Lord. We thank you, Father, for that. Holy Spirit, thank you for your every day, every moment presence. Uh, like the word says, paraclete, you're always with us. You're right there beside us. You are Jesus with us right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. That you're with us uh, and that you reveal Jesus. You show us who he is. You show us his goodness. And then you change us and you conform us into his image. Thank you, Father, for that. We desire you this morning. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, as only you can. Take the word, speak it individually. The individual sermons for each person here, those that listen to the podcast later on, speak individually to them, Holy Spirit. We rely on you to teach us. We pray in the powerful and authoritative name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Bless the Lord. So let's begin. So I believe that we're in a, in a kind of a unique season right now, and I, I, I don't feel like we're missing it. I feel like people are recognizing it and flowing in it. But that season is a, uh, a season of wall building, which is uh, opportunities walked in and seeing the Lord increase and, and bring the victory in areas of our lives. And I believe he strategically placed us to get this seed in us so that when we go out into our individual ats or our oikoses, where we, where we build our lives, where the Lord has us, our mission fields, as we go there, we carry this seed and the Lord begins to speak to us practically about those areas. Because, you know, wisdom is applied knowledge. It's when it gets where the rubber meets the road. Because you can hear something, but until you get it and actually can apply it into your life, does it become wisdom? And so it's a season of of being able to see what the Lord is doing, recognizing what Jesus is doing, and then getting a hold of it and applying that into our lives and seeing the victory of the Lord. Walls are coming up, the good walls, walls are coming up everywhere we go. Everywhere you're going, you are building walls. And it's this great opportunity to plug into this a special grace anointing that's resting upon us right now to advance the kingdom and build walls. There are times when the anointing rests upon you to withstand and simply stand there in the brunt of the onslaught of the enemy 
and to stand righteous. There's anointed, there's anointings that rest upon you to bring forth and advance the kingdom and get new ground to push forward and to build the kingdom of God. That's where I believe we are in right now. And I encourage you, I'm hearing testimonies of of things happening, uh, new opportunities at work, uh, breakthroughs in families, breakthroughs in finances, uh, breakthroughs here and there, breakthroughs in, in person. Like I always thought this way, I always thought this way, and man, God just opened up my eyes and I'm beginning to see a completely new way of living life with Jesus. Those are those walls coming up, those good walls of foundation being built on Jesus, okay? So I encourage you, no matter where you are right now, look for the good things that Jesus has for you. Isaiah 54, it it is like my favorite chapter in the Bible. It's been this way the entire time I pastored here. It was not. I didn't even know the chapter existed before I started pastoring here. And since I've been here, it's like what the Lord has emphasized. So I feel like it's a message for you. It's a message for me for the season of life that I'm in. But also it's a message for you, church, of what the Lord is doing. And it begins with the simple word, sing. 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 See, sing is a command to you. It didn't suggest, hey, you might want to sing. Singing might be a good idea. How about you hum a little bit? It is sing. It is a declaration of faith. To sing, you've got to begin to plug yourself into what God is doing and actually walk it out. It's the same word, almost command like um, uh, item or what Jesus is saying, like when he said, go ye therefore, make disciples, tarry in Jerusalem, receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever he said, repent and be baptized, it's life-changing commands. See, when Jesus commands us, it's to break us into the good things he has for us. Okay? When Jesus commands, it's to break us into So commands often or sometimes come when we're like, I don't have capacity to to obey this command. I don't want to obey this command. So when you hear a command and you're in that space is when you say, Jesus, give me the capacity. Give me the obedience. Give me the desire, the willingness to press into what you have for me. I hear your command and I want to obey. I want to be willing And you cry out to the Lord and then it comes and you walk in it. Because you see here, he says, sing, O barren one, who did not bear. That is, it's a command to those whose identity has been unproductive. And have not only have an identity, who they are as unproductive, they have walked in unproductivity, unfruitfulness. Now, this is using the analogy of a woman who has not borne children, but it applies in any way of our lives. Sing, O husband, O um, self-righteous husband who has never effectively loved his wife. Sing, O person in poverty, poor one, who has never understood money and wealth. 
Wherever it is, it doesn't make a difference. Sing, oh, um, lonely person who's never understood community. Whatever it is, the Lord is saying, no matter what your identity is at this moment, no matter what past you look back and you see how I've walked this out, the Lord says, declare, sing, acknowledge what I am doing and where I have called you to be. Because this woman is only going to sing because she is pregnant and understands she is breaking out of this identity of being a barren one. So to sing is the declaration of the Lord, which happens first from acknowledging who you are, where you are, what's been, but getting your eyes off of that and onto Jesus. Sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who've never been in labor. Join in with what the Lord is doing in your midst. Well, all I ever hear, all the testimony that I get, everything that I read is bad. Well, I recommend moving past that. It's not bad to acknowledge. All I see right now is bad, Lord. I don't understand why I have walked in this identity and why this has followed me. I don't understand. But Lord, I'm going to put my eyes on you and I'm going to declare that you are a God who has called me to move out of this identity into who you have called me to be. I choose you, Lord Jesus. I choose your identity for myself. I choose what you say. I choose the fruit of the Spirit. I may be a jerk now and have walked as a jerk forever, but I choose the fruit of the Spirit that you will change my heart, change my character, change the way I interact with people, that I will interact out of the fruit of the Spirit. I will have love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience, and self-control. And the other two. I can't remember them all. Lord, I am going to sing because I once, or I am barren now and I have not born, but you declare something different over me. We're in the midst of a powerful expansion of the kingdom of God. We're in the midst of a powerful expansion of the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God expands not in church buildings. Not, it's, that's not an expansion of organizations. It's an expansion of each and every one of you. Because you carry Jesus wherever you go. You're a light set on a hill. You carry Jesus. We all carry Jesus everywhere we go. And people are hungry for Jesus. People need him. They want him. Because the world can't offer anything. And we've tried for hundreds of years to try everything but Jesus. And it just doesn't work. We had the whole science thing of the, of the 19, 1900s. You know, that science is the answer. We don't need God. And all it's led to hundreds of millions dead. Destroyed societies. We've had ultra-religion come through and say, oh, you got to do it. You just, you just you don't love anybody. Just obey God and love no one. And that's all that's done is just created messes. We've had the free loving, just be hedonistic. 
and do whatever your flesh desires and then you'll be happy. And all you have now are drug addicts and, you know, it, it just, it's just walking from one prison to another. Jesus is the only one that liberates. Jesus is the only one that really truly brings prosperity and freedom. Not religious rules, but actual freedom that causes us to come in and be able to love and be loved. To be kind and receive kindness. Amen, Abby. Amen. To see people's value and know that we are valued. Isn't that true? To see people's value and know that we're valued. Both of them. Single barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have never been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Come on now. You're going to break into great things. You're just going to be like, wow, Lord. I am just blown away at what you've done in my life over the last 10 years. You know, back 10 years ago when I was sitting there, I was like, there ain't no hope. The old song, uh, I'm, uh, just how bad it is. You know, those old country songs. It's just so bad. I'm here just with my beer and there's nothing else. You know, from there to, Lord, I'm beginning to see. And then you walk toward it and you find it. I can remember years ago, probably 20 years ago, probably when I was 30, of looking and the Lord beginning to speak to me. The Lord beginning to point out what he had for me. And it was like, I don't know if you've ever been to the Mississippi River at Hannibal, Missouri, but you can look across and see there's a point up there. It's called like lover, one of those dumb lover's leap things, you know. But you can, it's a high cliff and you can see out and you can look over the river to the other bank. And on a clear day, it's great. But when it's foggy, you can't see much. And to me, it was like looking out and be, beginning to see. I can see something's there, but I don't know how to get there, Lord. And I remember saying that to the Lord. I, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get from here to there. I don't even know if it's possible. There's just such a gap between what I think I see you have for me and what I'm walking in right now. Because all I know is pain, regret, and stupidity, and and hurting others, and not being able to receive love, and false humility, and all the other things that you know we that are just in our hearts that bubble up to the surface, fear of man, and all the kinds of stuff. And the Lord said, "You know what? If you trust me, Matt." I will, be, I will lead you and I will guide you. And I'm on the other side of that river now. I'm in that other place and now I see a mountain off in the distance. And I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, I'm heading toward the mountain. I've gone further. But I look back and I can see the, the peak way, way back there. And I was like, I, I, I can't even imagine living there. But I know I did. 20 years have gone by. I know we all want the instantaneous um, uh, answers, man, God... The Lord just delivered me and set me free, instantaneous. They make great testimonies. Uh, But a lot of times the depth comes from the long walked out, walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus and seeing his faithfulness over a decade. Seeing the greatness of the Lord. Then your depth is great. I had a, a young man... I think the Lord was really trying to reach him and reveal his love to him. His name was Misha. I had like uh, four interpreters in Russia. All of them were named Misha. So this was uh, Misha number one. 
And uh, Misha had a problem with the mafia. He got in trouble. It was just an accident. Um, he got in some situation with the mafia like they normally do. And they, they were like, if you don't have a $500 or $1,000, I think it was, might have been $1,000 by us by tomorrow type, type thing, which Misha, Misha had maybe 10 bucks. You know, uh, we're going to break your legs type. And uh, they maybe gave him the three days and it went up $1,000 every day type, you know, and he came to me absolutely petrified, shaking and said, Matt, you know, I, I know you're an American. I know every American's rich. I need this money because they're going to break my legs. I mean, that was just the normal understanding. I was used to that kind of stuff. And I was like, Mish, uh, you got the wrong impression. I'm just as poor as you am. I just have faith, you know, and the Lord provides. Uh, and I don't, I don't have the thousand dollars. And so why don't we just look, look to God for deliverance? You know, why don't we just trust the Lord? I'm 20, 20, 21. He's probably 18. And I said, Mish, let's do this. So uh, he's like, I don't trust this. You know, <laughs> you're just giving me some religious answer instead of truly, truly helping me. And I said, no, Misha, really, let's, let's pray. And I don't know, I had, I had a gift of faith at the moment. And I was like, Lord, you're bigger than these mafia guys. You know, reveal yourself to Misha that you're bigger and that you can take care of this situation. And he's like, thanks, I don't think that really helped me, but uh, I'm going to guess I'll have to go and try to dig up the money somewhere else, you know, type thing. And he left, and uh, the next day he came back, and he was just uh, absolutely floored. I mean, like so overwhelmed with surprise, he didn't, could barely speak. And he said, you, you won't believe what happened. And I said, try me. And he said, well, all those guys that were bothering me, I saw them yesterday. Every single one of them were arrested by the police. And I asked the cop, and he said, yeah, they're going away for a long time. There's a whole string of things they were doing, and we've arrested all of them, and they're gone. They'll never, if they were bothering you, they'll never bother you again, type thing. And I don't know where Misha is right now. Misha didn't stay in our church. He didn't. But, I mean, that was a miraculous way the Lord revealed to him, dude, I am bigger than what you think. Trust me. You know, but those type of miracles are great stories, but they don't always solidify down deep in our heart. It is the slow walk out. Okay, Lord, what about tomorrow? Okay, I'll trust you for tomorrow. And walking through it slowly over a 10 year period where you're like, guys, I can assure you God is bigger than whatever issue is before you. That's how I preach with authority is because I have walked through the valleys and I've seen the faithfulness of the Lord. My authority isn't, and my hope, my trust isn't in my ability to meet your needs. My hope is in Jesus' ability to do wild miracles to meet every need that you have and to reveal himself, to take care of you, that he loves you, that he protects you, that he knows you, that he wants to reveal himself to you, that he wants to break and set you free from everything that holds you back from pure relationship with him. He is able to do it and will do it. And sometimes he walks you through valleys, like we talked about last week, the valley of oh no, to get you to the point where you realize, man, Jesus is bigger. So he says here in Isaiah 54, sing, and then he says, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. I believe the Lord is emphasizing to us community building. Community building. And it goes two ways. 
First, it's going to be your community with Jesus. To enlarge your habitation is stretching out your relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus inhabits, it's a cool word in, in, first, or in John 1, where it says, and the Lord lived among them, and the Lord dwelt among them. That word is the word tabernacle, or habitation. Okay, so the tabernacle is the word habitation. He habitates, or he lives, he tabernacles among us. So when it says here that the Lord wants to uh, increase or enlarge the place of your tent, let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out, it means, hey guys, I want to show you personally more about me. I want to reveal myself to you, Jesus says. And the Holy Spirit says, great, come on, let's talk. Let me show you. Let me open your eyes to how Jesus views things. Let me open your eyes to things you've been taught that maybe just aren't really correct. And I want to bring correction to it. Because I want to show you. If, if you. if you disciple others and they ask questions, you'll discover things that you believe because you've been taught, but you really don't believe it. Why is that? Little kids, you know, why? Why? Well, it, 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 it's just the way it says it. <laughs> you find things like, well, you know the good book says, uh, actually it doesn't say that. You know, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Could you find that for me in the book of Proverbs, please? Because <laughs> it's not there. A penny saved is a penny earned. That's actually Ben Franklin. Uh, what is it, uh, where cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, that one's not in there either. You know, and just really where, where you get down, why do you believe that? Why do you believe that the only place you can meet God is in church? Things like that, that, that get into your soul and that hinder you from growing with Jesus because he wants to walk with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we have these things that we're like, Jesus, I'm sorry, I can't go there with you because I've been taught that you only do this. And as long as you stay in this box that I understand and can control Jesus, we will have fellowship. And Jesus is like, you know, dude, I don't fit in boxes. You do your, do your best to make boxes to fit me in, but I don't fit in boxes. I'm the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the entire universe. Everything you see came out of this mouth. I'm the spoken word that created all of this. So enlarge your understanding of Jesus. Get to know him better. And when you begin to uh, enlarge your understanding of Jesus, he'll also, you'll enlarge your community with other people. Getting to know other people. Getting to fellowship. I think we all seek community. I think it's a big a big need, especially in our society. Uh, we were talking on the way in this morning. Just uh, uh, the, as technology has increased, so has loneliness. Because we've replaced uh, community with um, social interaction. Like anything, uh, it can either be a blessing or it can be a, a problem. And if, we, if it's a problem, then we make adjustments so that it goes back to be a blessing, so that we are able to interact. I, I, I saw the cool study this past week. It's talking about loneliness, that every individual needs about six hours of community every day. 
and most of that community comes, healthy community comes from family and friends that they're around, but that about half of the population lives under or way below that six hours every single day. And if you were to ask people with their quality of life as my life is excellent is a 10 or my life sucks at a zero, um, the people who are outside of that community always rate almost always down way below. And those that have that six hours or more uh, almost always rate it uh, nine, eight, nine, ten. Community. It's just an epidemic. And I think the, the pandemic, uh, we talked about it, Jill and I. Uh, just the pandemic uh, made that even worse because we could not fellowship even more and we got in the habit. Uh, one thing from the study that I, I thought was pretty interesting is it said that um, when you get into the mode of where you're not getting those six hours, you begin to get into a flight or fight mode, you get into a survival mode. And then once you get into that, then when you have opportunities for fellowship, you tend to view that because you're in a fight or flight mode as a threat. And so you further avoid interaction with other individuals because they don't feel safe. The idea of feeling safe isn't always the best thing for us. Okay. Uh, so we push people away and then it creates this spiral. You ever, you ever caught that when you're on the spiral? And so Jesus created us to have fellowship. And so it's one of the reasons why uh, David pushed for the Friday night thing uh, with the hot dogs was creating opportunities for people just to sit down, put down their phones, and talk. Play games, get to know each other, communicate, and build up that understanding of what true community is. And then we can love God as we love others. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. This is not your neighbor. Amen. And as I interact with our neighbors, then I understand, wow, uh, they're not reflecting God very well. I'm joking. <laughs> you understand, uh, you might start there, but really it's to look in the mirror and go, wow, I don't reflect God because that bothers me. And I don't think that bothers God. So I need to figure out why that bothers me. What's going on there? And then it begins to grind. You know, iron sharpens iron, iron as men sharpen men. You begin to, that's in the book of Proverbs, by the way. You begin to uh, sharpen one another and realize, okay, I've got a fear here. And that person pushes my fear button. Because they don't fear in that way. And it's pushing my, they're pushing me because of who they are. They're just naturally pushing me not to fear. And I've got a fear here, so I want to push them away. And actually, it's the Lord saying, no, I've attached you two together so that you will recognize that you resist me in that area because you have this fear. You need an example? Um, for example, you have a heavy fear of rejection. You're afraid of people rejecting you because some event happened in your life where you were rejected pretty hard and it's, it wounded. And so you avoid opportunities where you put yourself out there so that uh, you don't get rejected by others, especially in public. And so then I come up to you and I say, hey, that's a great testimony. Why don't you share it up front on Sunday morning? And you're like, uh, I'm leaving this church. I'm out of here. You know, 
You're like, I, 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 I can't do that because what if I get up there and stumble or I look like an idiot or it doesn't come out or nobody says anything and they're all stone-faced looking at me and I feel rejected and it pushes on that wound and then I am rejected and that's my identity. You understand? But sometimes the Lord puts people like me in your life to say, hey, you've got a wonderful ability to share the love of Jesus all over wherever you go. And so we've got to get you past this fear. Not that I know that this is happening, but I just sense that, hey, I need to invite you to give you an opportunity. And then it hits that nerve. And that's where the Lord is saying, okay, if you'll allow me to hear that fear, I can shine through you more and set you free. Would you come out of the cell? That's just one example. It could be financial, it could be relation, marriage, across the spectrum of what it could be. The Lord brings people into, in your lives to say, hey, I'm going to draw you into more relationship with Jesus simply by being me and rubbing you wrong. <laughs> it's enlarging the tent. I want you to be willing to enlarge the tent and be willing to rub people along wrong simply by being yourself. Loving Jesus and loving them. And if it rubs them wrong, humbly apologize, you know, do whatever you need to do to keep that relationship and love them the way Jesus, seek them the way Jesus sought that kid from Puerto Rico. I have to say Puerto Rico is fun to say. <laughs> Puerto Rico, you know. <clears throat> Sorry. It's in the head, so I just thought I would let it out. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. As you're expanding the community, as the Lord is leading into this, and I'm, I'm closing with this, I feel like it is a time for us to have our, our stakes strengthened. And what that means is, as you go deeper in Jesus, as you get closer to him, be willing to be bolder, in your witness. Be that bold lion. The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Proverbs. The wicked man flees because he's already broken in his heart. He's already convicted. He's already fearful. The righteous are not to be that way. So if you're finding that in your heart, let Jesus heal your heart. Say, Jesus, I've got fear of man. I've got fear of rejection. I've got fear of failure. I've got fear of this, whatever it is. And your, your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. So Jesus, pour your perfect love on this. Bring someone across my path who will guide me, mentor me, teach me, prod me, spur me on, whatever it'll take, Lord, so that I can walk in the fullness of who you are. I want to be bold. I want to boldly love. We were at the Friday night football game. And uh, <clears throat> it's a small town football game. And my mind sometimes wonders. And uh, I'm sure the rest of you guys are able to focus. Mine, mine wonders a little bit. And I, I just had this image come to my mind of one of the players having a medical emergency. And uh, me needing to go down there and just take over and pray for him. You know? And so I had, I don't, do you guys ever have things like that? Okay, so. Maybe it's just me, but the Lord's just stretching me. And I was like, I don't know if I would be comfortable in the small town that I live now of stepping out in front of everyone and getting right there with the risk, you know. And I realized, oh, 
I think I may have some fear of man still in my heart because it surprised me, you know. But yes, Lord, I, I do, and I don't want that. I want to. I want to be so confident in you, Jesus, so knowing that if, if something happened and you told me to, I would just go, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm just going to do what Jesus told me to do, and I'm not going to worry about it. You know, I'm not going to think in what is someone else thinking about me. That's fear of man. I don't want that. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm willing to walk through this because I want you to deal with this area of my heart. I don't want to be hindered by fear of man in any way, shape, or form because you, you can't be Moses if you have fear of man. You know, you, you can't see the, the big movement of God if you have fear of man. You can't be nation changers if you have fear of man. You can't bring Jesus into your oikos or your at if you have fear of man. So whatever level your fear of man is, it will hinder you. So you, you, you let the Lord deal with that area and you begin to be your light there. Jesus, come on. If, if something like that happens, deal with my heart and put me in situations where I have to be bold and be as bold as a lion in that situation so I learn just to be comfortable in you. I can't believe I'm saying this. So that, uh, you know, we can walk it out and then we as a church, we can be bold. We can see every opportunity and walk in every opportunity like, like Paul said. This is a season to expand the kingdom. This is a season to get to know Jesus bigger in each of your individual lives. And go ahead and shake up some of that foundation that's settled and isn't supposed to be there. Just, ugh, you know, <laughs> rattle it all up and make Jesus be stronger. Understand what you believe and why you believe it. Understand it. Yes. Not just dead religion. Well, this is what it says. Well, where does it say that? Be willing to have those hard conversations with people where they go, I don't see that at all. You're going to have to show me where you see that because I don't even know if that verse exists. And they're like, oh, well, okay. Well, I've never read that verse that way. We have those all the time, don't we, David? Yeah, yes, we do. And being willing to go through the discomfort to settle down to it. Okay, what do you believe and why do you believe? Why do I believe that? Well, this is the way I see it. And it's okay that he sees it a little bit different. I don't think Jonah died in the well. He thinks Jonah died in the well. I've never seen that Jonah died in the well. He's always seen that Jonah died in the well. Is there, is there a difference? I guess really not. There's no real difference. But getting, interacting and being comfortable enough to have your world shaken a little bit and then digging in the world and finding word and finding Jesus. Because if you go out, guys, you're going to run into people who do not think like you. God forbid. And if all you do is get around people who think like you, you're going to end up very alone because you're the only one who thinks like you. You know? So be willing to, to talk with other people and find that out and point them, hear Jesus and point them to Jesus because it's a season of wall building. Right, putting up your, Nehemiah, putting up your walls. Yeah, putting up the walls in your area. Not putting up walls where you're blocking out people. That's opposite of community. Okay, I hope you can hear me. Don't misquote me. <laughs> Let me pray over you this morning because I feel like I just want to impart to you uh, uh, for this season, what the Lord has for you, this, this grace. Jesus, we come before you this morning, and I thank you, Lord, for each and every individual here, Lord, everyone that listens to this word, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just impart, Lord, to them 
the grace they need for this season at this moment. You said that you would, Father, and as they did in the book of Acts, they commended to the grace, Lord. So I commend them to your grace this morning so that at every moment, in every opportunity, at every time, Lord, they would have every bit of grace that they need, Lord, that they would understand and see their opportunities to build up Nehemiah's wall around them. They would uh, see the opportunity to go deeper in you, Lord Jesus. They would see the opportunity to love on and build community with those around them, Father. Jesus, I pray just for that breakthrough that you have going, that it would just continue, Lord. I bless them, Lord. I bless them, Father. I bless them with every fatherly blessing that I can imagine. Father, I feel your heart. Your heart is to bless them, Lord. To bless them, Father. To heal old wounds, Lord. To strengthen, Lord. To encourage, Father. To have them stand tall in your presence, Lord. Boldly coming into Papa's throne. Abba. Abba's throne. Just come on in. Come on in and let them love on you. Come on in and let them heal you. I bless them, Lord, this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy community, and we'll see you next week.